This is Paul Nobles from Eat Reform, and I am sitting here with my trusty cohorts, league coach Becky Avara, and all around do it all, Carolyn Melee. Um, they will be contributing as we go. We have kind of a small, cozy group of new Eat Reformers right now. And so we're going to start off uh, the podcast just kind of running through. Um, how you would look at the holidays for fat loss, because what happens, well, in walking you through it, I'll explain to you what happens, um, and it's not good. Uh, so what happens for a lot of people that start off with Eat to Perform, they don't typically come in uh, thinking from the standpoint of, um, you know, doing a performance cycle. In reality, um, it probably is better to start as a performance cycle and then move to fat loss kind of whenever. Um, that's not what most people choose to do for obvious reasons. I think, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, the way that people find out about us is when they're feeling sort of uncomfortable and feel a need to do something. And so um, more often than not, we can help people get some weight loss going into the holidays. But what we'll often see, so if we, let's say that somebody started, you know, on the 15th, as an example. And now one holiday that's, I think, very different from the rest of the holiday season is Thanksgiving, right? Canadians just had their Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving is typically one day. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of people take that one day and then use it as a reason to go the whole weekend, right? Um, if you can avoid doing that around fat loss, you can continue through fat loss, go into AP and be fine. One day typically is not going to be that big of a deal. You just adjust your super day, no big deal. Um, what we like to do we used to kind of call it a stop and go, right? So what would happen is, is you would have your fat loss cycle and then we would basically move you to AP, which is the middle cycle between fat loss one and fat loss two, which usually lasts between three to four weeks. But there's no reason why it has to, to go just three to four weeks, right? For instance, six weeks is not worse, it's better. The more you can have food it's part of the equation, excuse me for one second, is better, right? And so what I think people get lost on, they go, well, you know, I did fat loss one. It was great. Let me just suck it up because truthfully, you know, I tend to overdo the, the holidays anyway. What you're going to do if you do that is you're going to end up kind of trying to serve two masters, right? And, and it never works out that way. You're much better off having an AP cycle, even if you kind of, you know, maybe not go off the rails, but kind of you aren't completely compliant. It's much better than being in the second, second level of fat loss and then everything falls apart. And I know that there's you're going to be talking to your coach and you're going to be telling them, no, it's not going to fall apart. Just trust us. 
it's going to fall apart. And there really is no reason to, to do it um, unless, unless you're preparing for a competition or, or you're trying to go to the Olympics or, or something like that. But if everything that you're doing is like mere mortal stuff, just take the extra two weeks off and then start the fat loss two in January 1st, right? Because it's going to be way better for you. The other part that I think is also interesting about this is that if you're going to overdo it, that's typically better for a fat loss cycle. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do overdo it, right? You want to you wanna make sure that you're kind of keeping things in check as you're going and being mindful because, you know, we know that some holiday parties, I mean, let's think about this, right? You know, this is going to be the first year after COVID and the majority of people would have been staying at home last year. And I don't know about your family, but my family is definitely excited about getting back back together for the holidays, right? And so I see things opening up party-wise, things of this nature, and people are, I, I mean, just all the things that I normally do for the holidays, like as an example, we usually go to this holiday concert. Um, you know, we certainly signed up for that. Normally my family and I have something that we do at the St. Paul Grill, so all the, all the traditions are coming back for my family, and I'm fairly certain they're going to come back for your family. It's going to be so hard to navigate that in fat loss, right? And so um, we can talk through a few other things that are more um, new conversations uh, related to, you know, just all of this, right, um, that maybe wouldn't normally be covered in some of the more advanced podcasts that we're going to do, but that would, that would be a real big one, you know, and, and unless you have a really strong reason to do it, like as an example, I have a uh, ultra marathoner and pretty much every year during the holidays, we clean up. Um, well, we were able to take her from 190 basically to about 147. And so I'm fairly certain that she's going to want to see if she can get a little bit lower because obviously the, the less you weigh running, um, the less beating you're going to take on your body, right? So you have to have a real strong motivation. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting when, when we talk about, I think it's always interesting that people want to follow celebrity diets as an example, right? Um, Unless you're getting $20 million for a film, you don't typically have the incentives that they have, right? And it's kind of funny when you look at The Rock's diet or, you know, um, oh, Angelina Jolie's diet, you know, going into a movie or something in this nature. You know, without those incentives, it's really hard to kind of follow some of those ways, not to mention that many of the, the advantages that they have, you don't have right? Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson travels with a $30,000 gym that he signs into every contract, right? So unless you have those kind of amenities, you might struggle uh, finding the same type of consistency that he has. So um, other than that, uh, is there anything, Becky, that you're seeing that's coming up with, with new people that um, you think that people would benefit from right now and just so you know you are muted yeah i mute myself on purpose and then just unmute whenever i need to talk because my family's loud in there 
Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I see quite a bit, like, you know, I'm seeing a couple of things about proteins and carbs and things like that. And um, that I feel like sometimes new people come in and they expect to be able to do everything all at once. And we're not unrealistic that we think that you all can tackle all of this all at once. And that's not what we want you to do because we want for you to be able to focus on just one or two things at a time. And your coach can help you with that. And what is the most important to do and things like that to be able to help you to dial things in. And once you get the hang of those one or two things, then you move on to one or two other things. Again, that's why your coach is there. They are there to walk you through every step. And we ask that you use your coach because they want to help you. They want to communicate with you. They want to get to know you and things like that. Well, and they want you to ask questions. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think about a lot when you, with what you just said is I think virtually everyone on this call has failed at some level of dieting, right? And so what I think happens is everybody wants it to come fast or they want to fail, right? Because they failed before, so they expect to fail now. But more often than not, when people have failed using other methods, they haven't had help along the way, right? Or they haven't had an approach that has them not dieting most of the time and then only dieting frequently, right? And so I think that that's why people are impatient especially in the beginning, right? And everybody comes to us kind of a little different. Some people come to us as clean eaters um, and often need to move to AP and, and performance before we can kind of get things kick-started. And then other people come in over-consuming and maybe even overwhelmed because this is like their first rodeo with macros, though these days, it feels like most people are, are pretty familiar with logging food and, and proteins, carbs, and, and fats and things of this nature. Um, it's, it's been a while, I feel like, since, um, well, when we first started six to eight years ago, kind of depending on what you're talking about related to information, because when we first started off, which was closer to 10 years ago, really more information. Nowadays, um, you know, we have an app, the system is well-defined, things of this nature. You still have some people that are kind of scared of the carbohydrates and stuff like that. But I think most people understand that as you have more carbohydrates, it allows you to want to feel more active. And that actually is a big part of the process. There was a, um, there was a local thing that I was doing and I was talking about um, kind of the basis for what eat to perform is. And I said, well, the, the basis for eat to perform is that activity should really come before nutrition. And what I mean by that is that for you to be able to lose weight and keep it off, you have to understand that activity needs to be an important part of that. Does that mean that I'm talking about extreme activity? No, not at all, actually. In fact, I don't feel like I do extreme stuff. Um, 
but uh and certainly <laughs> you knew it was coming up becky but uh you know for a lot of people that don't know i play a lot of pickleball right now um and so so i play pickleball anywhere from two to three hours a night a lot of the time and and then i limp around the house like the oldest person you've ever met I mean, my feet hurt so bad because it's three hours, you know, and uh, but I love it so much, you know, and if there's anything, if you're new to fitness, if you're new to food tracking, if you're new to kind of, you know, putting activity first, just find something you love to do and do that. That's so much more important than trying to you know, do a hypertrophy cycle because you want the striations in your arms to look a certain way or, or something of that nature. Not saying that you can't or that that doesn't have value, right? But early on, what I see is that people tend to start with things that they don't really like, they're not going to really stick to, and they're kind of hoping to build the will to do something. You know, I, I've said this many times, that I started with walking and walking took me really, really far. It took me from about 255 pounds to right around 200 pounds. And by the time I'd lost 55 pounds, I was motivated to do other stuff. But if I hadn't lost that 55 pounds, I just don't know that I would have ever wanted to kind of keep moving in that direction. And I think that's what happened. And that's a little bit in relationship to what Becky was talking about earlier, where you kind of get to this point where you allow yourself to feel overwhelmed almost on purpose, right? Where I think we can all relate to like sabotaging ourselves a little bit, right? I mean, if you've built some unhealthy habits along the way, it probably is going to be difficult to make those changes in your life, right? And so give yourself grace in that process. Now that said, you can plan the day before and you can get the plan right in terms of food the very next day, right? So, so that is the best tool that you can use starting off, right? But, but what you don't want to be, because most coaches don't even do this, right? Where you're trying to Tetris things and then you're always kind of missing. And then you're like, well, I have 94 grams of fats and only three carbohydrates, what can I eat, you know? Um, and it's like lard, I don't know, you know? Um, so yeah, so keep that in mind, but yeah, let's get to questions. And, you know, this may not end up being a very long one just cause we have a relatively small group, but yeah, let's, uh, well, I say that. And then Carolyn and Becky are laughing cause they know I'm long-winded, but all right, Carolyn, shoot me the questions. So Leslie is asking a couple of things here. She says, I would like suggestions on specific things to eat, protein, carbs, and fats. And then she asks, do you have to be a clean eater? Because you had made that, we had made a comment about um, people coming to us being clean eaters. Um, so I think it's helpful, right? So I don't really love the term clean eating to be completely honest with you. Um, because I think it kind of implies something related to food that is somewhat ambiguous. You know, I think if we look at it realistically related to what most people consider to be clean eating, it's mostly whole foods. 
we're going to be a fan of that, right? Mostly because the more whole foods that you can pack into your macronutrients, the, the less hungry you're going to be, which is very valuable as it relates to when calories are going down. But when calories are going up, you almost have to do the opposite of clean eating. And I don't mean just go crazy with like Reese's, you know, um, but you're going to have to add more nutrient dense foods. You're going to have to, you know, probably, well, <laughs> I still struggle. Well, I don't, I wouldn't struggle necessarily finding a way to fit in a ribeye as an example, but I like other fats also. So I tend to use more like sirloins and things of that nature, because I like to eat peanuts or pistachios as snacks, right? So you got to kind of keep in mind that, yeah, you could eat things that are more flexible. Um, sugar is something that, that you know, I, I don't like placing a lot of rules on, but I think it feels fairly obvious that if you're eating a lot of refined sugar, um, this is sort of the interesting thing about sugar. It's probably the thing that people need to be lectured about the least, right? Now, there's probably a few of you on this call that have thought in the past, well, I'm sugar addicted, right? Because, you know, you're trying to eat too clean or you've been dieting for the last six months and then all of a sudden there's Halloween candy and you just can't stop, right? Well, I would argue that you're not sugar addicted you're actually hungry, right? And if we can address the hunger piece, we don't, that typically fixes the sugar piece, right? And so um, I like for people to, to have a level of flexibility. Most people know, I'm sorry, I'm having so many issues and I don't have any water. Um, hold on one second. Actually, Becky, can you take over for just a second? Just kind of kind of expound upon what I'm saying, because obviously it's a core tenet of what we do. Um, with regards to sugar, uh, we I mean, we feel like that if somebody thinks that they're sugar addicted, then it's really more about that their body is saying, hey, give me more calories, give me more calories. I actually personally used to have that problem but it was more so because I was spending too much time being underfed. And so what we're saying is that if like, once we move to recomp, and I'm sure a lot of you are in fat loss, but once we move to recomp, then you won't have that problem so much because we are feeding you. We are giving you enough calories and your body is not starving anymore. And your body is getting the nutrients that it needs. And so you'll find yourself not craving as much sugar. I'm not saying, I mean, I eat chocolate every single day. I, I fit it in even in fat loss, but Thank a little me. bit of chocolate, not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing, um, I just think that nobody needs to be lectured about sugar. We all know it's not phenomenal for you. Right. But can it play a role in flavoring in food in some, so sure. Right. Um, which then, a lot of people conflate to, to fruit. Um, and then they have the, the, is fruit bad for you? Is fruit good for you folks? Right? Well, you know, fruit is almost never bad for you, but if you're eating 12 bananas a day, I mean, you might want to, 
cut that back, right? I think most of this is somewhat logical, but I think I think there's just so much information out there that it does get confusing. And as long as you're within your macros, now, the one thing specific to your macros, though, that is important is that when we're giving you carbohydrates, the majority of the carbohydrates we want to be starches. And the reason why we want to be starches is because it converts to glucose, which your brain uses and your muscle uses much easier than refined sugar does, uh, or really anything else that you would break down. Even fruit prioritizes liver glycogen before it would muscle and brain glycogen, right? So, um, so that's just something to think about is that really you want to be looking at potatoes and rice and, and, and things of this nature. And then a lot of you are sitting here and go, what's this dude talking about? I'm in fat loss. I don't have that many carbohydrates. You, if you're in the groups and you're kind of seeing the, the tide of the way that people talk, you know, part of the reason why we do things in cycles, the way that we do them is for diet adherence. Most of the people that are on this phone call that have failed it in any form of dieting, they fail because they didn't really know when it ends. One of the special things about Eat Reform is you kind of know when your cycle is going to end. And not only can your coach tell whether you were under eating previously or whether you were over consuming previously, but we can also make adjustments as we go related to that right? As an example, normally what we like to see, unless it's a really lean person, we like to see 10 to 12 pounds lost, you know, in that first cycle. Then we know, okay, this person's primed for, you know, round two. If the person only loses four to six, we might actually make a recommendation for them to move to recomp because frankly, if you've lost four to six in the first one, the most you could expect is four to six on the second one. And realistically, for you to lose 10 pounds in three months, it's not it's not bad per se, but it's also not the kind of progress that you should expect, right? When you're well-fed or typically over-consuming. Like I said, some people come here. Some, of your, some people come here after a period where, you know, they just weren't paying attention or something of that nature, but they were still mindful, right? And and in that being mindful, they kind of still did under eat, but maybe they ate 1,700. So 1,700 calories, while not a lot of calories, um, if we can build up further than that, we can get a better result. But the most important part is that if you go from 1,700 to let's say, 1300, it's just not enough math, right? And at the end of the day, what we're doing is, is kind of playing with your math and kind of coaching you in a direction with your activity to where we can get the best out of, you know, all the fat loss cycles that you do. And in that process, when you're in the performance and recomp phases, you're still losing fat because you're, you're typically going to be adding some muscle along the way which especially for the people that, you know, we were getting back to the clean eating discussion, um, that if you were clean eating and therefore under eating, and now all of a sudden you're eating an adequate amount, maybe even a little bit of a surplus. Now, all of a sudden 
we're putting on muscle where you wouldn't have previously. So there you go. All right, Carolyn, second question. Okay, Liz says, I always go over on total calories when I try to go to the greens on protein. So that should not be the case. Uh, the only reason that would be the case would be if you have a bad entry, right? Um, there are some entries within my fitness pal, unless I'm misunderstanding the question. Um, but basically your macros, for instance, carbohydrates equal four grams, um, for, for, uh, calories per gram. Um, same thing with protein four calories per gram and fats are nine calories per gram. So when you add them all up, they add up to an exact calorie number, right? There is some fudging within the calorie numbers uh, to where you can eat five grams on, 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 well, I think it's 10 on protein, 10 on carbs and five on fats and still stay within the green. Um, if you're off by 300, you have a bad entry. If you're off by 50, I wouldn't worry about it, right? Because it, it just might be focused a little bit more on the calorie side and you're just using the, the little built-in kind of leeway that we have within the system. So, you know, I would check all your entries to make sure you have that right. But, you know, if, like I said, if it's 25 to 50 calories, I wouldn't be bothered by it. It's not, it, here's what it's not going to do. It's not going to stop your fat loss, right? Right. Okay, Nikki has a question here. She is in her second second week of fat loss, um, traveling to Disney World next week, and it will be my second week in fat loss. I don't want to get off track, but also don't want to set myself up for failure. Any suggestions? So I would stay mindful, but I would stop fat loss right now. Um, you're barely in, right? Just go to... So, so what you don't know is just because you haven't been around here is that we actually don't recommend and, and we're pretty, we're pretty diligent about this, that people do not go into a vacation um, dieting, right? So uh, this really sets up a scenario where you could go into the vacation, just being mindful, things of this nature, and then you come back having enjoyed yourself would it would it and oh by the way it's not about it's not about you enjoying your vacation i mean yeah i like that as an individual and and from a from a mental health standpoint i think that it makes a lot of sense but i'm also saying it from a math standpoint right you want to go into fat loss cycles where calories are higher right not lower so i would rather you not be dieting going into it, but I certainly wouldn't want you trying to figure all this out in the second week of everything, right? Just stop it right now. Go have fun with your family. You know, I think one of the things that, that I remember as a kid, right, is my grandmother got injured. She worked at a small engine. I mean, she was, she, you know, all the strong women that you see 
you know, eat to perform. My grandmother was all of those ladies, right? She worked at a small engine repair shop and she got injured. She hurt her back and she didn't do the appropriate amount of, um, of uh, PT work to kind of get back healthy. And as a result, she ended up dieting for the rest of her life. Um, so much so that her grandson invented a performance nutrition. So if you're with your family, your family notices all these things, right? And so what you wanna do as an adult is model the best behavior and you wanna show your family that you can go to Disney World and enjoy your life, right? You don't wanna be the person that's trying to fast or, or having salad or can't eat breakfast or when the kids are having ice cream, mom can't have ice cream, right? Life is too short for all that, right? We can deal with everything afterwards. Now, if you came to was dieting and now all of a sudden you open up the ice cream door and you just can't shut it, that's something you're gonna have to work on. That's like a different problem. I think we'll be able to help you figure that out once we move through the cycles and once you know what normal food is and things like that. But try and stay well fed, enjoy yourself. And if you come back, you know, three to four pounds up, we can deal with it and your fat loss cycle will be just be more effective, right? But that would be my recommendation. Um, Liz has some questions about protein, 125 grams, and it looks like Becky has given her suggest suggestions in here because she was feeling full and having a hard time hitting those. Um, she's also going to Hawaii for Christmas for a week. Uh, I will be eating a lot of different foods as I don't get that in my small town. She's in her third week right now. So I guess same thing applies that you would just well, no, it was the big but... It was the big topic of the discussion, right? Is... Um move to AP and then extend that AP. Now, what you don't know, or most of you won't know, is part of the issue that you've always had is that calories weren't high enough during the times where it's just normal life. So that when you move to a period where you go on a vacation or something of this nature, your weight went up, sometimes extremely. You know, um, more often when it's extremely like, let's say somebody gains 10 pounds, usually that's overconsumption of alcohol. That's not typically overconsumption of food. It can be, but it's mostly the alcohol, right? Um, but it, what all of you don't know is part of the magic of eating form is that when we normalize your calories, it changes all of that, Right. Now, when you go to Thanksgiving, even a Thanksgiving where weekend kind of gets away from you a little bit, you gain two to three pounds, you move your calories back to normal, and then it's gone, right? The problem that most people have is they've been dieting for so long that their body is relatively inflexible on how it handles food, right? So the first day, you might be fine, but then all of a sudden, you start letting the wheels fall off. And then maybe you check the scale, scales up two to three pounds. You know, I mean, I hope everyone appreciates this and there's no kids on the call, but you know, that's like a first way, uh, uh, a one way ticket to fucking fill, right? Where you just like let everything go, you know? And absolutely, 
if your calories are normal, that just won't happen because you're fed most of the time, which, you know, the biggest problem in my view, dieting wise, is that people don't know when to stop dieting, right? And that's why we have super defined cycles. Now, so let's say that you're new and you're like, Paul, I'm continuously losing weight. That doesn't happen that often, to be completely honest with you. Once we're through a six-week cycle, usually we've wrung the towel about as hard as it can be wrung. But occasionally, if you have a lot of weight to lose, you will still be losing weight. Rest assured, your coach is going to allow you to continue on. They're not going to stop you if you're still losing two pounds a week or something of this nature, right? But what they're not going to do is allow you to hang on, hoping that to get that half a pound or something like that, that ends up in frustration. And then what does it affect? It affects diet adherence, right? And so what we're really trying to fix for all of this is diet adherence in the, in the time where we aren't dieting, we want to make sure is that you're well-fed, you're, you're active to whatever your abilities are, and we're trying to keep your sta weight stable with a little fluctuation as we go. But if, if, as an example, you came to us and you lose 30 pounds, and in that fluctuation, you gain, let's say, three to five in the AP of performance cycle, that feels like a fair trade-off to me, right? So kind of keep that in mind. And I think some of the people that are coming to us from, from, um, from under eating backgrounds, you're going to have to allow, you're gonna have, your relationship with food's just gonna have to fundamentally change because you're gonna have to understand why you eat food in the first place, right? And all of this, you know, sounds like, oh man, this guy's talking all the talk about mental health and mindfulness and stuff like this. Look, I'm talking science, right? Your body has wanted to eat a certain amount of food all along. And that doesn't change until you're about 80 years old, right? So most people have been under eating, not getting the results they want, banging their head against the same old rock and can't figure out why. And I basically just explained why, right? Your body wants to be here. You've been here. Your body's like, well, okay, if we're going to be here, I'm going to adjust, right? And so it also adjusts up, right? People wrongly assume that when they were over-consuming, and let's, let's use some, some numbers as an example. Let's say that we're over-consuming as a woman and they were eating 3,000 calories, well, if I can get your calories to 2,200, that's probably where your body normally wanted to be, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to gain weight by going from a fat loss cycle to normalizing calories. Now, you might gain weight if we go back to 3,000, 3,500, but some people don't. What happens in a lot of, in a lot of cases is that People have been under eating so long that they really don't even know what they're capable of. And once they start to pursue hobbies that they enjoy, I mean, I can tell you right now, if, if, um, well, great example was today. Um, yesterday, I made sure I ate a good amount of food because I knew I was going to be playing pickleball for three hours, right? Today, um, the day just didn't work out. And I wasn't necessarily worried about food because um, 
my wife and I were just going to do like some drills that aren't typically, you know, energy intensive. And so the food kind of got away from me because of a few meetings and things of this nature. And when I was playing, I kind of had like a blood sugar thing. And right before this meeting, I had to have some nuts. Otherwise, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Everything that I described, everything that I just described, most people know what I'm talking about. They know what it, they know what it feels like to be underfed, trying to do, trying to run or do CrossFit or something of this nature. And what you don't realize is that you've been running at 60% and you've been doing CrossFit at 40%, you know? And then when you factor in how much of a role food plays into how you sleep, now you now all of a sudden like your whole world changes, you know. So kind of keep that in mind as we're having these discussions. Um, KJ is currently breastfeeding and only did about four weeks in fat loss. Have only lost about three pounds. My coach coach suggested going into PR until after the holidays to hit a better fat loss cycle later. Just started an AP and getting my carbs in is tough. Is this normal? I think it is normal, you know, because uh, like I said, it's not, it's not one of these things where it's as demonized as it was five years ago, right? Um, five to eight years ago, everyone was doing paleo. And then when they stopped making progress doing paleo, everyone went to keto. And then eventually they went into keto with intermittent fasting. And all of a sudden, like people are hitting walls like you'd never seen before. And they're signing up for you to form like, figure me out, you know? And the reality is, is that if you come from eating moderate carbohydrates, especially for, for your child, right? If you're trying to feed your child and you're trying to make sure that you have enough milk along the way, one, you're gonna wanna have adequate amount of calories. Some people do undereat even through pregnancy, right? Losing only three pounds, that is certainly something that we would say there's no reason to suffer through a fat loss cycle, even though during breastfeeding, as an example, you wouldn't necessarily always um, have calories super low. But what I think you're going to see is that most of the progress that you would make, um, given any scenario, is going to happen when your calories are going to be a little bit higher, right? And so in terms of the carbohydrates, I would try to plan them out. Like I said, you know, let's do starches the good majority of the time. That's going to help, you know, with milk production um, and then plan the day before. And, and that would really be the the big thing, but the, the coach is going to move things up in a moderate way, right? They're not going to just like, you know, put you 400 club and, you know, hope that you make it, you know, we're trying to stay tuned to kind of where people are in the process. Okay. Um, coach Becky has answered a few of these questions in here about how long fat loss cycles are. And our last one, Lori, Coach Becky's going to have a look through your file because that is file specific. So she will get back to you on your question. And I think we're done. Okie dokie. Hold on one second. 
I think I think I've lost my headphones. Um, relatively good time to do so, though. I think um, a lot of great questions. Um, we also do this uh, next week. You'll be getting an email for that. Um, that's the the OG meeting, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny nutrition wise to be an original gangster, but um, feel free to join that. Even if you're just listening, because what you're going to hear is a little bit more advanced discussion. But the reason why I think you would like that, that call is because you're going to hear people that already went through what you went through so that you can then know what's coming next. Right. I mean, there'll be people on that call that have been with us for a couple of years, run a couple fat loss cycles, and maybe we'll be talking a little bit about, you know, what comes next. And it'll be very different than the conversations that we're having with many of you right now who are just starting to get adjusted into what the process is overall, right? So I highly suggest you check that out. If you have the time, it's at the same time next Thursday. So um, I appreciate everybody being here. Like I said, great questions. And, um, you know, if you're not familiar, this is going to be on a podcast. Um, if you're not familiar with the Eat to Perform podcast, it's just Eat to Perform. And literally, we've done podcasts for eight years. Um, we, we're not super out there with the podcast because mostly it's we, we do these for clients. Right. Um, I think getting everybody onboarded to the process and what we do and how we do it is a little different. And so, um, do a lot of people listen to the podcast? That's true. Right. They do. Um, I think everyone kind of has like a, a different thing that is, is interesting. So, we do, we do three different ones. Um, we go from new to really super advanced. And then we do the ones with uh, myself and Dr. Susan Kleiner. Dr. Susan Kleiner um, is kind of the original performance uh, uh, dietitian. And her book, you know, uh, New Power Eating is, is a real good template for what ultimately becomes something like Eat to Perform, right? And these are all things that I think, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, don't listen to anything. Just talk to your coach and, and keep it simple. But if you're trying to start to figure this out a little bit, these are good resources that you can use along the way. So appreciate everybody being here. And I'm going to go have dinner. Talk to everybody later. Bye now.